0: Good morning everybody, I hope you're all well. Uh, My name is Sanju, I'm one of the leaders in the church. Uh, It's my joy and honor to share God's word with you this morning. And as you know, the last few months that we have been going through the book of Philippians um, and it's my privilege to share with you from uh, chapter four, verse 14 uh, to 20. And as you may have already guessed that we are uh, nearly at the end of this letter. Now, I don't know about you, uh, my memory is not very good. So as an introduction, what I would like to do this morning is to give you a very brief summary from chapter 1 to chapter 4 until verse 13. Then I will carry on from verse 14 to 20. So, in these chapters, Paul develops uh, several themes. But for Paul, joy in the Lord uh, seems to be the main theme. The joy, uh, not just in the midst of trials, but reach its completion in the future kingdom of God. Paul does more than this. Paul encourages the Philippians to live out their lives as citizens of heaven, as service to God and to one another. Paul faces challenges and overcomes them in Christ. I think this makes it really relevant for us today. So hopefully I've given you a very brief summary of these chapters. Um, This morning I want to take us further into this theme of joy. As Paul has been encouraging us to rejoice in the Lord. And now he turns to an unusual source of joy of giving our money away. And if you like, uh, the title of my talk this morning is Joy of Giving. Let's read the passages for this morning. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help from my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied and having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Grace, for reading those passages. So briefly, what's happening in these passages? Philippians just generously supported Paul's ministry, not just at the spiritual level, but at the practical level of financial support. Paul thanks the Philippians for the gift to him and assures them that God will in turn supply all of their needs. Today's talk involves talking about money. And I understand money is not not easy to talk about because it's a very sensitive topic. Frankly, my initial reaction was hesitation to talk about it. But as I read scriptures in regards to money in the Bible, I am convinced it is important that we learn to give if we are going to be effective Christians. This morning. My aim is to show you three points. Firstly, joy in giving. Secondly, fruit or reward in giving. Lastly, this promise of giving. Let's start with my first point, joy in giving. Verses 14 to 16. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you, Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. I believe this is one of the truths that Paul really wants us to tap into because he wants to help us become joyful giver. Paul says, Generous giving of Philippians chairs, it was a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. According to Bible commentary, an acceptable sacrifice refers to it being a sacrifice that God has prescribed, and that is appropriate. It says in Second Peter chapter two verse five. It also says in Romans chapter twelve verse one. But for the sake of time this morning i'm going to read from first peter chapter 2 verse 5 you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ The idea of acceptable sacrifice is pleasing to God has an ancient history that goes all the way back to the tabernacle in the wilderness. The purpose of sacrifice is not selfish to remove our sin, but God, to please God and express our love and worship to Him. In the Old Testament, believers offered up physical animal sacrifices, but in the New Testament, believers offer sacrifices but they are spiritual in nature so as a believer priest the christian is to offer his spiritual sacrifices of money to god and this is this giving is worship to god now please hear me right i'm not saying money is the only form of spiritual sacrifices spiritual sacrifices can be your prayers your praises Time and your talents. But my primary focus for this morning is regarding finance. In Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse fifteen to sixteen it says Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name and do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive in Acts 20, verse 35. It is quite clear to me that gospel demands our heart attitude and tells us to give our finance to God cheerfully and not reluctantly. This shouldn't be burdensome. It's a privilege and joy to do so. Our giving to God is an act of worship. It pleases Him. Our giving should be an expression of our love to Him because He's great. He's mighty. He's wonderful. He's generous. And all good things come from him. So we gladly give to him. Let me put it in another way. I love my wife and I know she likes flowers. So I buy her flowers because that makes her happy. And it's, it's a privilege and joy that I get to do so. Same with giving away our money. God sees it as an offering gift to him. And he likes it. Therefore, out of our love for him, Joy comes. I want to encourage us this morning that it is absolutely important that we all know why do we give. I've touched on that already. And how do we give? And to whom? Let's learn this together from the Philippians chairs who have set a good example for us all. So, why did the Philippians financially support Paul? I did a little research into Philippians church. I learnt, to my surprise, they were a poor community. So despite of having so little, Philippians church spiritually invested in the gospel. They believed in Paul's mission, or shall we say, God's vision of extending his kingdom in that part of the country and beyond. And they did more than once. Why would they give when they already had so little? What was the motivation behind their generous giving? Was it guilt? Or were they trying to earn some points to offset bad deeds? They did it with a heart's desire to please God, as in worship to Him motivated by joy of the lord how do i know that verse 18 says their gift pleased god and that's the reason of their generous giving now we know this is why they gave and this is how they gave to whom to god himself to honor and please him with their wealth as proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 encourages us, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Can I ask you this morning, what is your motivation behind giving? Let's be like Philippians in giving joyfully as an act of worship to him. Now that leads to my second point, fruit or reward in giving after praising your partnership in verse 16 Paul says in verse 17 not that I seek the gift but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit when Paul says not that I seek the gift he wants to assure Philippians that for him his passion is to glorify Christ as a key to contentment and not money. He made it absolutely clear on his contentment in Christ in verse 10 to 13, which Steve brilliantly explained last Sunday. And he goes on to say, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. What is Paul saying here? Each time we give to Lord's work, we are making a spiritual investment which should bring in spiritual profit now as you know Philippians church spiritually invested in the gospel in the ministry of Paul and as he bore fruit in his ministry it bore fruit to their credit as well so they both shared rewards and that had to be exciting for church at Philippi to see the benefit the recipients receives from their gift. What a rewarding joy that, ha- that must be been to see people coming to know Jesus, trusting him and living for him. Giving is an investment as there is a fruit or reward. Now, however, what I am not saying is the primary motive behind giving is your self-interest rather a joyful act of worship to God, as I mentioned in my first point. You can see the glimpses of this idea of giving and receiving rewards in many parts of the Bible. Jesus himself taught this principle of giving and receiving in Matthew chapter 10 verse 41 to 42. The one who receives a prophet, because he's a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he's a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Paul expresses the principle in an agricultural context of sowing and reaping, in Second Corinthians, Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight to eleven. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that, having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may you may abound in every good work, as it is written, He has dist- distributed freely. He has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever he who supplies seed to the sow and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to god the principle of receiving a reward also involved in giving to the poor proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says whoever is generous to the poor lends to the lord and he will repay him for his deed it is quite clear to me there are rewards from giving every gift to the lord's work results in many spiritual dividends on the investment now in this life as well as far into eternity so, therefore, friends, invest wisely in God's work as an as an uh, act of worship to him, which leads us neatly to our final point, as he raises questions, but that's all well and good, but what will happen to me physically if I give my money away? How will I support my family? How will I pay the bills? well let's let's find out. My third point, promise of giving. Verses 19 to 20. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a great promise in the Bible. Paul really wants us to know and be confident in God that he will meet our needs. Note, he says, my God will supply. He doesn't say our God. He's not being possessive here, but confident. This is a God he knows and has served for past 30 years. He knows the character of this God and trusts him. God has met Paul's needs and so he offers his assurance and pride in his God. Paul is saying, God has promised to fully supply whatever needs you have. Financial, emotional, spiritual. Notice, Notice that the promise is to supply needs. Though God may not supply them the way you want. I can add my own personal testimony of God's faithfulness here last 18 years of my Christian life, God has always met my family needs. During those seasons when we had little, in times of hardship, as well as those times of great sufficiency, God has always provided for us. God has glorious resources. So let let us not think small. Most of the time our hesitance to believe that God will meet our needs is based on our own unbelief. Rather than our humility to admit that God can provide, God can meet meet our needs. You you probably heard this cliche, you can't outgive the giver. But dear friends, If scripture is true, and I believe that it is, this is no cliché, but a spiritual truth. Jesus taught much the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount to disciples who were worrying about what they would eat and what they would wear. Jesus acknowledged, your father knows that you need them. And then he gave this command. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. So in conclusion, giving is worship. Giving is an investment as there is a reward. And trust God that he will meet your needs. Lastly, if you have tuned in this morning and you are not yet a believer in Jesus and haven't made a commitment to follow him, then the issue for you is not one of giving you money, for you without Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. I just want to encourage you, the message of the Gospel is that God is generous And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And he wants to give you life. So check him out. And to Christians, you can only know joyful giving if your heart is fully given to Jesus. May the joy of the Lord be with you always.